welcome to the Smart Connector podcast, which looks at the power of connection in business and life. Featuring solo episodes as well as a range of exciting interviews with entrepreneurs across multiple sectors, we offer tips and advice to build your impact, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons, and become a Smart Connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. I have an incredible guest for you, as ever, Adam Beitu. Welcome, Adam. Thanks very much. Real, yeah. real pleasure to be here, Jane. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So Adam is a Facebook ads expert, and I know so many people have so many questions about Facebook ads because it's very easy, isn't it, Adam, to waste a lot of money and go very wrong with Facebook ads? Yeah, it's probably, I mean, I remember the first time when I got into the Facebook ads ecosystem, right? And and I loaded up the Facebook ads manager and I was just like, what is this? And it is just, number one, it's, it's so unintuitive. Number two, it's really easy to get lost. Number three, they change it on pretty much a daily basis because mm-hmm. Facebook love to mess around with user interfaces. And then they change the rules and the regulations. And there's so many different options that you can do with your Facebook ads. If you're not careful, you can blow through budget in absolutely no time at all. And I remember when we first started uh, talking about this, Adam, you were telling me about your blowing through budget time, weren't you? So tell tell us tell us everybody about that. <laughs> well, look, I, I was in I was in the city for twenty years, right? And I view myself as being quite a smart guy, quite tech savvy. I pick things up pretty quickly. So I was running an email marketing company and GDP kind of writing on the wall. So I thought this is all going to go a little bit tough. So I wanted to move into Facebook ads. So I jumped straight in and blew 20 grand in no time at all, just because I, I thought, well, oh, this is easy. I'll, you know, just do this and I'll send this out and I'll do this. And you don't realize that, you know, that the Facebook ads uh, ecosystem, is, it's, a, it's a competitive, really competitive ecosystem. So you're throwing money at this thing and other people are throwing money that's better targeted, better executed, they know what they're looking for. And, you know, like I said, I, I was just burning through money and not not actually didn't even really know what I was trying to achieve. I just thought, why am I not getting customers? What's what's going on? And then it takes time. You have to start learning. And, you know, I probably spent in the last five years, I've probably spent about 100 grand on my own education, learning from the best people I could find to learn from so that I knew what I was doing. And then I started to get clients during that journey. And then I started to make money for my clients. And that's kind of, you know, learning on the job. But at least I was actually getting money in and then paying for my education and actually implementing the stuff to make it work. So, yeah, you can you can blow a lot of money very, very quickly if you're not budget aware, if you're not ad aware, if you're not, you know, if you haven't got pages in place and the right journey for your potential customer, you can be in proper trouble. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that when you get started on this Facebook ads journey, what you're buying in the first instance is data. You're buying data that you can use further down the line. So it's quite hard. This is what I've heard. And and I'm not saying this is true. What I'm saying is that what would you say to this, that in the first instance, you just got to put five or 10 grand or whatever into it 
in order to get that data to actually work out what is working and what isn't. Is that right or is that not right? Yeah, you, uh, everything with Facebook ads is testing continuously, right? Yeah. Until you get to a point where you start making your money back and then you're still tweaking uh, and mm -hmm. you're improving. But in terms of actually gathering data, yes, you are. When you start running Facebook ads, you have to realize this, that you are going to lose money to start with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've got to set up your ad, you've got to set up your landing pages, your sales pages, whatever kind of funnel, whatever landing pages you're using. And you don't get this right straight out of the box. Even Frank Kern, who's probably the granddad of all internet marketing, you know, he knows that it doesn't happen straight out of the box. His company actually have a technical term for it. When they get something, if they get um, an ad and a landing page and a sales page, and they all work straight away, they've actually got a technical term for that. And it's fucking miracle is the actual technical <laughs> term they use. So it doesn't happen straight away. And what you're doing on the journey is you are testing audiences, you're testing creatives, you're testing landing pages, you're testing sales pages, you're testing your funnel, you're testing your data collection. And yes, that is learning all the way through. And you have your KPIs that you know you're aiming for to start measuring your success. But you don't need five, 10 grand to do that. Because on one end, I like work with big businesses that spend 10 grand per month on their ad budget. On the other end, I work with micro businesses who spend a fiver a day. And you can run Facebook ads on a fiver a day. The only thing you've got to bear in mind is the amount that you spend is going to be directly relative to how long it takes to get that data and get that learning before you can start testing and tweaking. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. And, you know, I'm in a little mastermind group at the moment because I'm just joined it so that I could do some live launches because when you get to my level then you identify gaps in your knowledge and so on so I thought right okay I'm going to do some live launches and there are people on there who are doing Facebook ads and they, they basically they've thrown in like a thousand pounds just to get started is that a realistic figure Okay, so I get asked this so often, how much should I spend on Facebook ads? Yeah. And there is only one real answer, and that is whatever you're comfortable to yeah. spend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. if you've got 500 quid on testing, and you're happy to spend and lose 500 quid, then spend it. If you can't afford to spend a tenner or 50 quid or 500, then don't get involved. It's as simple as that. Only spend what you know you are likely to lose at the beginning. Now, depending on the business, depending on what you do, depending on what your product is, what your price point is, that can be a vastly different sum of money for anybody because if you're selling something for a fiver, but yet it's costing you two grand to dial in your, your ads and your funnel, you're way up against the curve, right? But if you're selling something for five grand and it's costing you two grand to dial in your ads and, and you think, then, then you're making money pretty quickly, right? Yeah, so yeah. It, it doesn't work. There is no fixed hard and fast rule. And, uh, Anyone who says you've got to spend this amount or you've got to spend that amount is basically BS because every business is different and every funnel is different and every customer is different. Yeah. Well, what I often say to people is, look, all the most successful entrepreneurs in the world, they know that they have to back themselves. So what that means is that money has to be spent up front in the vast majority of cases. The only people that don't spend money up front are people who are you know, they have, they're self-employed and they're, they're exchanging their time for money doing something like, you know, they're a builder or a gardener or, a, you know, cleaner or a nail technician or whatever. You know, you can set up a business like that and just exchange your time for money and get the money coming in. But if you're really trying to build a business, then some investment is required. And part of that investment, if you want to scale, is obviously going to be in paid traffic because that is the route to scale, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, organic is great, and I can only talk to my experience, right? But in terms of high-ticket clients in in the coaching world, mentoring world, organic is great for that because it's a process. You can engage. You can really get to know someone. You can use your Facebook group to, to build relationships. In terms of running either low-ticket, group, medium-ticket programs or scalable stuff, then in order to get the, the volume of people that you want through your channels, yes, you definitely need to get paid traffic because there's a, there's billions of people out there and you've got to reach them. You know, it, you've got to be able to serve these people. So paid traffic is definitely the way forward. You can't just do it organically. Well, you can if you want that kind of business and just do it organically, but you'll hit a ceiling at you some will. point, you know? Yeah, that, that, that's true. And I, I actually did my masterclass last night. So I was talking about different ways to scale because when I ran my brand identity agency, we didn't actually have any more clients when we were turning over 6 million than when we were turning over a million. But the reason why is because we were occupying an extremely niche market. So we were just doing television, corporate identity, and there were probably a four or five companies in the world that most of the major television companies would actually trust to do sure. that work. So, you know, you knew who you were competing against. And it was the same people every time. And the broadcasters themselves, we, what we used to do is turn up in Cannes on our yacht <laughs> and yeah. um, invite them all on to show off, of course. So they all knew that that we were, you know, we were in that group, in that little tribe. And so, you know, the Facebook ads, we wouldn't have needed something like that. And there are still some businesses today that they just operate on the basis of, you know, a very small number of high value clients. But as you said, in a coaching and consulting industry, and particularly if you're selling something like training, it's really a numbers game, isn't it? You know, you do have to get a certain volume of clients coming through in order to really run a viable business, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And look, this is this is pure Russell Brunson, right? You've, you've yeah. got to you've got to have your lead magnet in place. You've got to get people off of the 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 paid traffic servers. You've got to get them off Facebook. You've got to get them off Google. You've got to get them off YouTube, yeah. and you've got to bring them into your world, right? Yeah. Once you've got them into your world, and you've got them on an email list, that's when you can actually start doing your work with these people, and you can actually start giving them even more value. You can actually start working with them. You can actually. Um, get them to go up your value ladder. Yes. You know, I mean, you can say I've, I've basically swallowed Brunson's books, right? But, um, yeah, you know, that's right. Stuff says makes sense. And to a certain extent, I've built my coaching business because I only started doing the coaching side of my business in October 19. Yeah. Right? Not the best time, <laughs> retrospectively, to start doing coaching because up until then, I was just working for clients. Mm -hmm. I was just doing client execution, right? Um, yeah. And I found out that I, I didn't really enjoy it that much. You know, so if there's any clients watching, sorry, you know, you've got 10 <laughs> grand a month or more you want to spend, give me a call, but otherwise I'll train you. And it's not something I enjoy doing. I love teaching. I love helping and I love mentoring and coaching. So that's where my passion is. And that's where I steer towards. And on that journey, the first person kind of I, I came across on that part of my journey was, was Russell Brunson. And although to be fair, you know, Russ, if you're watching, I'm sorry, I'm not a huge fan of ClickFunnels. <laughs> the training that he provides in terms of how to get people into your world and creating your value ladder and 
how to scale your business and, and the pure volume that you need to get in that that makes just makes total sense so i've kind of taken that and, and run with the ball on that the things i do like the lead gen machine is kind of really geared towards helping people achieve that yeah you know? so yeah definitely you need you need to have the numbers coming in and you need to have methodologies to do it and a lot of people it's funny i asked this question in my group yeah am i talking too much are you all right am i all right? okay no, um, no no i mean look so, this is your your you know your stage <laughs> I mean, this, is the, this is one of the things that really amazed me when i asked this question because i asked it in my facebook group and i said to guys which is more valuable to you if you're running paid ads is it to run people to a sales page or to run people to a, a lead magnet page and it's funny the answer came back about 50 50 and I, I, I thought, I'm really surprised about that because a lot of people think straight away, well, obviously, if I'm paying for ads, I want to run people to a sales page and make money, right? Now, let's just look at this very briefly. Say you're running a sales page and that page converts at 20%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be after knockout ad and a knockout sales page to get your 20%, right? But yeah. for every 100 people that you drive traffic-wise to your sales page, 20 of them are paying you some money and joining your list, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Now, say you've got a lead magnet page. So out of that 20, out of that 100, you're losing 80 people, right? Yeah. Out of every 100 visitors, you're losing 80 people. Now, say you've got a lead magnet page with a leveraged offer behind it. But say you've got a lead magnet page that converts at 50%, like mine do. For every 100 people that join that page, I'm getting 50 on my list. Mm. And I get to market to those 50 for free, essentially, afterwards. Yeah, so yeah. More valuable. I'd rather have the people on my list than scrabble to get the sales and only end up with 20 to market to. Yeah, you know, that. Perfect sense that you've got to have something in place to get people in your world and then nurture them and engage with them afterwards. Yeah, that, that's right. And of course, I'm not sure whether, because I read lots of books on marketing, and I'm not sure whether this actually came from Russell Brunson. But, you know, it's something that I also talk about is the larger market formula. It might have been this guy, you know, Sabri Subri, who I'm also a bit of a fan of. But yeah, so talking about how, you know, it's only 3% of your audience that are actually ready to buy right now when you market to them. And so the larger market formula, and of course, you're going to be writing your sweet spot, Adam, is the 97% who are not ready to buy, but they're, you know, they're, they're curious. I mean, some of them might be completely cold to you right from the very start, but they're interested in the thing that you're talking about. So that that is really that thing about that you mentioned about getting them off social media and actually getting them into your world and your ecosystem so that you can then build a relationship with them Absolutely. until they are ready to take that first step, however small it is, to come into your world. It makes perfect sense. And it's exactly where I stand in this whole game of marketing and growing your business and getting customers, you know, because... People buy from people, always. Yeah. And the more value you can give somebody once they're in your world, the more likely they're going to think, well, what else can this person give me when I start paying them money? Yeah, yeah. So, Adam, what's your kind of top tip then for getting people out of, so off social media and into your world? What, what would you do? Okay, so without a shadow of a doubt, as we've said, it's lead magnets, right? 
Yeah. Um, and the question is, you know, what is a lead magnet and, and how do I get one? Okay, so the very easiest, simple tip I can give anyone who's listening to develop a lead magnet is go and ask your clients if you could give them something right now to help them, what would that be? Now, a lot of people are going to go, oh, they'd say money. Okay, well, then what makes them money, right? Oh, customers. Okay, what do their customers want? So you've got to get to the bottom of, you've got to do your client avatar and you've got to find out what, what is it that your customer wants. So if they are a property investor, what do they want? Well, they probably would like something along the lines of how to be more productive with their time, how to view 18 houses in a single day rather than three, right? Yeah. So you want to come up with something along those lines that they're going to think, I need that information. Yeah. yeah. If your clients are bridge players, for example, you might think, okay, well, my, my clients want the top five tips from Omar Sharif for bridge. And you go out and you you do your own research, you put those five top tips from Omar Sharif together, and that's your lead magnet for your audience. So you've got to make something that's irresistible to people that they're going to be willing to swap their email address for to get hold of that information. And that is what a lead magnet is. It's just something yeah. you can do, can, can do with right now to improve their, their world. And if you come up with that, and there's a lot of methods to do it. I've just given you one really quick one. Just go and ask your clients what they want. You've got you've got growth. You've got people coming into your world. It's as simple as that. I think the interesting thing about what you said there, Adam, is that there was also some specificity in it. I was actually talking to somebody today about a little lead magnet that he can just combine with organic marketing. And he's actually, he's discovered a system, should we say, to kind of get online courses up and running really easily and actually embed them into your website. So he's a tech guy. He's actually one of my clients. And so I said to him, well, why not do this? you know, how to, you know, how to create and monetize a course within 30 days, because it's the within 30 days that gets people's attention, isn't it? Because they all mm -hmm. think they're going to be spending like a whole year doing this thing. And in fact, you know, that is what a lot of people do, you know, they go away and they spend, they shut themselves away in their little studio or their office or their bedroom or whatever. And they do spend six months actually putting together a course, and then they launch it. And then they realize, hmm, you know what, I probably should have done that a little bit differently, you know, once they're actually getting feedback from the market. So, so that that specificity is important, isn't it, when it comes to, you know, lead magnets, because is that, you know, the thing that actually makes people kind of put their hand up and say, yes, do you think? Yeah, you know, it's all part, it's a part of the process because you're going to get some people who respond to lead magnets who are just tire kickers and who are never going to pay you and are never going to engage with you at the level that you want. And yeah. you get people on your list. And when you're like me, when I had my email marketing company, January 2012, right? Yeah. We were telling our clients, you know, don't email more than once every two weeks. You know, you know I bash my list every day, okay? <laughs> every day. If people are engaged, they're engaged. You know, you're not going to lose them. You're just going to engage them more and they're going to see the value in what you're doing. But you're going to get people who leave every day. I get tons of unsubscribes every day, but I don't care because I'm getting tons of people coming in every day. I'm getting more coming in than go. And the ones who are going to go, we're going to go anyway. So I don't care. But in terms of specificity, in terms of being specific, <laughs> in terms of with your lead magnets, yes, because that's all part of targeting your ideal client yeah and i have 
four, five, six lead magnets and I run ads to them and I run them in my Facebook group as well. So I push organic traffic to them as well. So yeah, absolutely. And you need more one, but you know, I'm all about implementation and I hate perfection procrastination because it gets on my nerves. So I say to people, just get one, get it out there. You're not going to know if it doesn't work until you try it. And it doesn't have to be perfect. My best performing lead magnet is literally a PDF with 71 lines on it. That's it. It's 71 wow. lead magnet ideas. That's my best. It's a lead magnet about lead magnets, right? 71 lead magnet ideas that are insanely effective. 54% conversion rate, 53, 54% conversion rate on that page. And it's literally just a PDF with 71 things listed. You don't have to go mad. It's a it's a freebie. You're giving it away. Value, yes. But it's targeted to the right people, yeah? Yeah, exactly. And I suppose people that are looking for a lead magnet ideas are also people that probably want to do Facebook ads and they they're going to be people who are, you know, they're probably going to be creating their own lead magnets because they're probably solopreneurs or startups yeah. or whatever. And then they're going to be your perfect audience, aren't they? Because those Absolutely. are the people that you serve. So, yeah. So the lead magnet has to it, it has to resonate with what your core offer is, doesn't it? As opposed yeah, to it, something. It definitely has to resonate, but it doesn't have to re it doesn't have to replicate. And this is really important, actually, because. One of the things I teach is how to create leveraged lead magnets. So that's a, a, a small offer that's essentially going to pay for your Facebook ads, right? Oh. Um, and I teach people how to create this in the, the lead gen uh, machine, the, the five-day challenge. Yeah. But a lot of people say, okay, well, hold on a second. And this is the one I hear primarily is, but I'm in property. So yeah. what can I sell someone? Uh, you know, I want to find investors. What, what can I sell someone? Well, it's like, well, obviously you can't sell them a house right? <laughs> as part of your lead magnet process. But it's not about what they do it's about who they are right look at the person that your ideal client is as well so like i said before the example that i gave you know a, a property investor will, will will value something that's going to save them time or save them money it doesn't actually have to be directly related to property or make the they money. Are that type of person right mm. or make the money yeah it could be you know it could be the top 10 guide to crypto or whatever that's going to appeal to that kind of person yeah, well, yeah. So people have to think about that as well. Don't get caught up in thinking, oh, what can I sell this person? Just think about who that person is. Yeah, and and you know what they're what what they're really hungry for, really, because you know, as you said, I mean, I I have you know, I've I've worked in in property for a few years, and I've got clients who are in property. So I'm working with somebody at the moment who has an online course. And it's actually what what it's about is, you know, spotting building defects before, you know, before. So you don't have to hire a surveyor. You're just like, oh, I know this and I know how much that, that would cost to fix it. So it's so he in terms of his kind of communications, it's the same thing. You know, it's like, well, look, you know, you would appeal to auction buyers, for example. They're buying blind and they want to. You know, they basically want to save money or make money because that is what property is all about. Yeah. It's it's investment thing, isn't it? Whereas, okay. you know, some other people, they're going to be the the relief that there's going to be relief from emotional pain. You know, in some instances, if you're selling like, you know, some kind of a holistic kind of well-being thing. So it really yeah. is whatever your clients want. It's going to be related to some kind of pain that they're feeling, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's either the pain they're feeling or, or the pleasure they're running towards, one of the two. Yeah, yeah. You so, know, there's, only, there's really only those two directions. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, in terms of what you do, Adam, you know, you help people to get better at Facebook ads. What is their pain and what is their pleasure is the question. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's a good, good question. <laughs> Not just Facebook ads, mind you, because that's just a small part of it, yeah? Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about landing pages and funnels and how to put that kind of stuff together. Yeah, um, yeah. And usually the people that I work with are struggling to grow their business. They don't understand how the system works. They don't understand how Facebook ads work and how to drive traffic. And then yeah. there are either, or those kind of people or they're the kind of people who think, oh, I do know how to do Facebook ads, but I'm, they're sending people to a website which actually has no purpose whatsoever. So they don't understand how to engage on the customer journey and provide value on that side of things. But everyone is either running away from lack of growth or running towards, I need to get more clients, you know? So yeah. that's kind of where they are. And it's it's those two things primarily that I find with everyone that I deal with is, is one of those things. They either don't know how to drive traffic in the first place, or if they do, they're sending people to the wrong place. Hmm. Yeah, that's very, very important, isn't it? Because, as you said, it's a bit like kind of holding somebody's hand. And actually, you know, you're taking a leadership position, you are taking them on a journey, aren't you? And it's like, well, look, if you're if you're taking them through the woods, and you're, you know, you're getting lost, and you're taking them into a cave, and they're thinking, why am I into the Why am I in this cave? When all I said I wanted to do was like, you know, get to the castle. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, a little bit like that isn't it? it it can be exactly like that but it's see something though when someone <laughs> sees they've gone from thinking that they need a website with about and what i do and price points and this that and 18 pages and blogs and whatever and you take them to a single page with no links on it and say this page makes me 10 grand a month people are like what really what how what what yeah and, you know that that moment of illumination where people realize how powerful a single landing page can be and how mm. quickly you can put it together is just absolutely brilliant. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think people do think it's a lot harder than it really is, don't they? Because, you know, people get frightened, don't they? Yeah, you see so much tech overwhelm. And there is, yeah. there's a million things out there. And I, you know, I am shiny object man okay <laughs> if there is a tool i'm like i'm gonna have it i'll have that i'll buy that i'll try that i'll do that i'll go there so the overwhelm is massive the potential for overwhelm is massive that the 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 tech leaps for someone who doesn't understand it are really huge because you're not just understanding the tool that you're using you're trying to understand the psychology behind using it as well yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah definitely and what i try and do with my audience is break it down into the smallest possible chunks and give it bite size and implement because the knowledge in and of itself is absolutely useless unless you're doing something with it. And I'm all about implementation. In every single one of my courses, levels of, of learning, I take it in little chunks and get people to do it, do it, just do it. I wanna see it done. I wanna see you do it. You got till Friday, get it done and let me see something. This is how you do it. Here's a video. I'm recording it live. I'm showing you. I'll do it with you on a Zoom. Share your screen with me. But that's how I work. It's so that people can actually get over that tech overwhelm, get over that block and just get something done and get it out there and start earning and making money and growing their audience. Yeah, yeah. Great, great. So, you know, let's get into the stats and the data and things like that, because 
it's not like throwing spaghetti at the wall, is it? And hoping that it's going to stick. So the, when we're in Facebook ads land, it's very different to organic social media, isn't it? Because there are there's a lot of there are a lot of stats and data for us to interpret so that we can tweak our approach. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about about that, Adam. Sure. Right. Again, simplification, because if you go and look at Facebook ads manager and the reporting, you'd just be like, right, this. So simplify everything. And this is I've got very simple KPIs that I aim for with let's just let's just do lead magnets rather than sales pages because they're very different. But let's do a lead magnet KPI. I very simply look for one uh, percent or better on a click through rate to my landing page. OK, that's that's reach to clicks, not impressions. OK, so if I've got 100 people who uh, see my ad, I want one click through to my landing page. Okay. OK, anything above one percent on Facebook ads as a KPI for your click through rate, you're doing pretty well in terms of your audience. If you're under 1%, then your audience needs tweaking. That's the first stage, okay? Yeah. When someone gets to your landing page, industry average across the board pretty much is around 20% for most lead magnets. So you're aiming for that as a minimum. Now, if your landing page is converting at under 20%, then you need to look at two things. If your KPI, if your ad um, click through rate is high, then it's your landing page that needs changing. If your click-through rate is lower, then you need to look at your audience first, okay, on your ad. Yeah. Then what you need to do is look at your creative. So say, for example, I've got an audience, and initially I'm getting a click-through rate of half a percent. What I'll do is I'll change the audience and leave everything else the same, and that goes up to 1%. That's brilliant, okay? Then I'm happy. But I look at my landing page, and that's only converting at 10%. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to the ad. I'm going to change my creative to try and get more people clicking through. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to change the landing page after that. So that's the order that you you tweak. Audience, creative, landing page. And I'll tell you exactly why. Yeah. You can have a brilliant ad and a brilliant landing page, a brilliant lead magnet. But if it's not being seen by the people who have a problem you can solve, you're in trouble. But you can have an average ad and an average landing page. But if you're solving a problem for people, if people who are seeing it have a problem that you can solve, then you're going to get signups. So your audience is the most important thing that you can tweak. It's the most important thing in Facebook ads. Is yeah. And those no. are the KPIs that you look for. Really simple, you know? Yeah, yeah. So so I ran my masterclass, my ideal client success masterclass last night. And one of the exercises that we did was to ask people to define their ideal client and actually to talk about it. And there were some people that said, well, they're between 25 and 65. And <laughs> that was one of the one of the things. And they're, they're business owners between a million and, you know, 50 million. And is that any good when it comes to Facebook ads? No, because, and I'll tell you why, because in Facebook, you're targeting people, not businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're, I mean, I have, uh, I give everyone that I work with, a client avatar worksheet. Yeah. And that the things on that are not how big is their business and how many people they got working from. You can't target that on Facebook, right? And 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 that's not how you target people. That What it says on there is, who do they follow on social media? What books do they read? What shops do they go to? What what groups are they hanging out in? Who do they like? Who do they dislike? You know, and that's how you target people because your audience is already on Facebook. 
You haven't got to create them. You've just got to find them. You've got to find where they're hanging out already. And that's all you need to do, you know? So, you know, I know my target market are hanging out in the ClickFunnels group and in the Kartra groups, right? Yeah, I guess they would be, wouldn't they? Facebook, Facebook ad hacks. That's where my target market are, are hanging out. Facebook ads made easy. That's where my target market are hanging out. So all I need to do is find a way to target those people using the Facebook ads algorithm. Mm, very, 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 very sensible. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, for somebody that was targeting, say, let's say, you know, consultant who was targeting chief executives and owners of, of those kind of bigger businesses, how would they target in terms of like special interest or something like that, for example? Okay, so let's look at the picture here, first of all, and realize people buy from people. Yep. Okay. You're not targeting a big business. You're not targeting a CEO. You're targeting a person. Yeah. What is that person interested in? They might be CEO of a big business, right? But okay, what are you offering them? And are they the decision makers? So are you targeting the right person anyway? Right? Mm. Because most often they're not. The CEO isn't the decision maker at that kind of level because well, unless you're like British Airways or something like that offering <laughs> flights to the NHS, we're, we're, we're not operating in that level. So, you know, we're operating on the level that, okay, well, a big business to us is really probably not that big. And the CEO is just a person. What's their interest? What are they interested in? Because that's how you'll get that person's attention. Don't try yeah. and target them as a business. Yeah. Because you're not going to win that way. That That is very old thinking. And you might as well just be on a phone making cold calls, right? <laughs> but what you want to do is you want to attract the kind of person that you want to do business with into your world by finding out what they're attracted to already and put so that in front of them. Yeah. So, I mean, somebody somebody like that, I, I would be guessing, you know, they might be into culture maybe because they might want to, they might be into sport, you know, sort of they, they might like to go to the, you know, the elite sporting events. They, they, they'll probably be big readers, won't they? So they might read business books or... I mean, let's have a little breakdown. Say we're targeting a top-earning CEO of a large company and we're targeting them because we can offer their staff a savings package on something or whatever, right? Yeah, but whatever. I want to I get the attention of this CEO. So these kind of people, I would probably do a two-tiered targeting. So I'd probably do something like, okay, so I want... Uh, an age range of 45 to 55, CEO age, right? Yeah. 25, yeah, not worth it. So um, I'm going to do interest in things like Rolex, Louis oh. Vuitton, things like that, okay? Oh, there you go, yeah. And then I would narrow that down with an interest in, for example, Reuters, the Wall Street Journal, or something like that. So oh, that's yeah. how I was trying to find the person that I want because that's more. that's kind of what they're probably – where they're probably hanging out. Not definitely. I'd have to do a bit of research, right? And the easiest way to find these things out is just to ask people. You know, if you're trying to get a hold of a huge CEO of a company, call up, try and speak to the secretary and say, look, what does he like? Yeah. What does she like, right? Or, or you know, just find out where they're hanging out. The easiest thing to do on Facebook is use the search in Facebook and just type in a subject and then click groups and you'll get a list of all the groups that they're about that subject that's where people are now you can't target groups in facebook on facebook ads however there are little hacks and ways around it but i'm not going to give that away here oh, that that's for your inner circle right <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret stuff 
Yeah, um, yeah. But there are ways to 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 target within Facebook itself rather than uh, and take advantage of that. So, but that's what you want to be looking at. Targeting is so important, and and you know I've, I wrote a whole course on it because that's where most people lose their money because they don't realise how how am I going to target this person? And you, you yeah. know, they think, I'll target CEO. That doesn't give you the person that you want. That anything and anyone, right? Anyone can put themselves down as a CEO on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we we had something recently because we started out with a lookalike audience. So we had like a lookalike of of some of my LinkedIn contacts, for example. And yeah. we we realized that actually the lookalike audience, it wasn't based on a big enough sample. It wasn't actually based necessarily on my actual customers because my uh, program at the moment it's still relatively in its infancy because this particular one is I mean I've done programs before but this particular one you know it's not like I've got like 300,000 clients or something you know in my database that you can do a lookalike audience on so what we kind of realized is ah okay well we've actually got to stop doing this lookalike audience even though we're getting some results from it but really target more on special interests. Would you say that was the right thing to have done? Yeah, lookalikes are dangerous to those who don't know. Because say, for example, right, look at my LinkedIn, right? I've got about 5,000 contacts on LinkedIn. I know 20 people, okay? And I reckon that's the same for most people on LinkedIn, okay? Yeah. So if I took that list of 5,000 and exported it and put it into Facebook and said, find me a lookalike audience of these people, Facebook, if I did it for the UK, Facebook would find me 400,000 people that I didn't know. <laughs> right? That's all it would do. You know, great. Here's, here's an audience that doesn't know Adam or have any interest in, in what he does, and we're going to find a load more people like it. And that's a lookalike. The only lookalike audience you want are of your existing customers. And for Facebook to get a real lead on that, you need a 1,000 people to upload. Now, you could do it with less, but it's not going to have as many data points to work with. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to really nail it. And you only really want to do 1%. Now, if you do 1% in the UK, you get about 430, 440,000. You do 1% in the States at the moment, it's like 2.9 million or something like that. So, you know, because vastly larger market. But yes, lookalike, but don't bother doing a lookalike for add to cart and cart abandon and things like that, because we're just going to get more people who add to cart and don't check out, right? You yeah. want to get a lookalike audience of your existing customers and make sure, you know, minimum bare minimum at least have a hundred of them before you try it you know so that's yeah lookalikes can be really dangerous and really misleading they work fantastically on e-commerce by the way as oh. well but they're a bit harder to do with coaching mentoring service provision expert, um, yeah. I, I, in the expert in the expert world i personally believe they're a lot harder to utilize you have far more data for facebook to analyze and obviously now with all of the stuff that's going on with ios and all that kind of hoopla it's even it's getting even harder and retargeting is kind of like you know there's you, there's only a couple of ways to retarget now which which can be cool you know i'm messing around and experimenting and trying with stuff like that but the stuff i used to teach retargeting is is pretty much out the window unless you've got bundles of money to chuck at ads right so okay so you you mentioned the u.s now a lot of a lot of people in the UK recognize that the US is a much larger market. 
Personally, I'd love to get more clients from the US. I've always wanted to work more in the US because my sister lives over there. So I just love the thought of actually having like loads of clients in, in the US. What people have said to me is that culturally, it's really different. It's much, much easier to kind of put a stake in the ground in your own territory and, you know, just scale up to the US once you've done that. Would you agree with that, Adam? Or would you say, you know, where you can start wherever you like. What What do you think? I, I'd say I don't really know because uh-huh. I don't advertise in the US at all. Uh-huh. I get my clients from all over Europe. Yeah, I have clients in the Middle East, some in the Far East. Yeah, um, Canada, yes, but never. I don't I, because every time I've tried to advertise to the US, it's just been a, a black hole of budget sucking nastiness, basically. There you go. There's a new term for you. You know, it's just your money's just going and it's gone and that's it because the competition is so fierce. The market is so huge. There are so many people out there that it's just vast numbers and you've got to have vast wallet to to play in it and, and be competitive in it. So personally, every time I've tried it, it hasn't resulted in well for me because maybe I haven't got the mentality to advertise to that audience either because it is a different way of thinking right you know yeah you know i i definitely think it is and and you know i've i mean i've done a little bit of training with some u.s businesses and i think what is kind of culturally acceptable to them is less culturally acceptable to us so i mean there might be nuances but i think you know if you're if you're really detail orientated around the communications then you realize that, that there is some stuff that is going to be, for, for example, with the, let's call it the high ticket enrollment, you know, there's very, very much a very strong, you know, sense over there that you need to be able to close people in one call on the kind of, you know, the high ticket stuff. So, you know, five to 10 grand, you know, it's the one call close is the thing mm. that a lot of people teach. teach. Now, for most people in, in the UK, they'd find that kind of a bit pushy. You know, they they probably would be far more comfortable with two two calls. You know, so they've got time to think about it. They can receive maybe a written proposal. They can actually see what they've got. We but, are, we are. You know, just think about it. It's fine. Just think about it. You know, yeah. <laughs> That's what we like. I know. I I know. But it's so. It's like, well, okay. Are we are we being like the US? Are we just being being like suckers? You know, that that are just too polite. You know, should we really go for it? But then you look at all the advertising over there. And I I mean, I've seen this for many, you know, for decades, really, that they're just so upfront, aren't they? You know, in a way that it's just different. It's just the messaging is different, isn't it? Yeah. And I I haven't got a handle on that messaging. So I I don't I don't advertise to the States. I, you know, my my ad stuff, my pages, everything that you look at of mine is as simple as it can be yeah you know i I don't do complicated (laughs) with anything i make everything simple so and i think over there things because of the messaging because of the the nuances it's too complicated for me to achieve what i want i'm not saying never but do you know what i i'm I haven't got great aims to go and launch in the US and be uber successful over there. You know, I, I love my work-life balance that I have here and the clients that I deal with and, you know, I like nice people. 
Yeah, well, well, <laughs> lots of nice. And they're not nice over there, but yeah, I mean, I mean, as I said, I, I just think because I've just been back and forth from, you know, I mean, ever since I was really young to the US, that you know, every year, every other year, or whatever, that I just it feels a bit like a second home, and that's why you know, part of me thinks, you know, I really, I would like to do some work over there. But anyway, that, I think that's probably for the for the future. Yeah. yeah. So, so Adam, we we haven't really touched on your history before you actually became this Facebook ads wizard. So you mentioned that you worked in the city. Is that right? Yeah, I was there for twenty years. Um, oh. And I ran the credit default swap desk at Kansas during the um, the credit crunch. And I saw all kinds of stuff going on. And then what basically I was, you know, I was getting up at 5 a.m., getting home at 2 a.m. I had two babies. Oh. I wasn't seeing my wife or my kids at all. I was burning out very rapidly. So I left the city without a plan and I bumped into a guy. Our kids were at nursery together. Mm-hmm. And he said, Look, I've got this email marketing company. Do you want to run it for me? And you know, the funniest thing is, like most people think, oh, in the city, you must be a really good businessman. And I'm like, I didn't have a clue. I didn't, have any, I didn't even have an email address. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, all I could do was shout and drink. And I did oh. both really well. Yeah, yeah I bet you did. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> but then, you know, so literally I started running this email marketing company and sat down with books and started learning about marketing and everything uh, along those lines so it was an interesting journey really interesting journey what's this question that's come up what's the yeah. best facebook ad you what's the best facebook ad you've ever seen as in the amount of page likes a single ad got i once seen a single page facebook ad gain 4000 new page likes for 350 pounds of a facebook ad is that good <laughs> depends what you want it depends why you want page likes because in and of themselves page likes on facebook are completely and utterly worthless they don't they don't do anything so because it doesn't increase your reach it doesn't really do anything chris leventis is the expert on page like campaigns I, I i went through it with him once and off he went to the races with it and i think he got something like five thousand page likes for his page for about three cents a page like you know chris <laughs> ran with that and and smashed it so in terms of that kind of stuff, I when I do a page like campaign, I do it for a very specific reason. And I do it in order to then invite people from my page into my Facebook group. So it's like a small cash injection to push people to my group in one form, right? And the best ads that I've seen are really simple. And the ones I run, I really like, which are literally a plain block of color with some opposing color text in it that barely has a relationship to the subject matter, but that is a scroll stopper when it comes to people scrolling through their mobile. So it's usually my, my brand color is a lot of bright pink. So it's usually a bright pink background with white text and it just stops people and they look at it and then click the like button. So yeah, you know, again, you've got to have a reason for doing a page like campaign. If you've got no reason, if you just think getting page likes is going to get you business, it ain't simple as that because yeah business is being seen on facebook unless they're paying to play to get their business ads in front of people yeah as you said earlier then the point of facebook ads or in fact running any kind of landing page is to get people off social media which is an uncontrollable world really isn't it i mean because it is always changing and get them into your ecosystem so 
so the the Facebook lights, I guess, in themselves, they don't really do that, do they? You've got to no. then, some, then some work to do on top of that because it's easy to like a Facebook page, but it doesn't mean you ever have to visit it again or that, in fact, it's ever going to be put in front of you anything that's actually on the business page because what a lot of people say to me is that, you know, Facebook, they want to, they obviously recognise if somebody sets up a, a business page on Facebook that they they have a business that they want to promote, but, you know, they want them to, to obviously pay for ads. So if you try and, or boost posts, right? So if you just try and put some kind of a sales, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. But if, if you just try and put like a sales message up kind of organically on your business page, they won't push it. Is that right? Absolutely, 100%. They don't ever. Because, and I'll tell you why, and it's really simple. Facebook yeah. is a social platform, right? So yeah. any advertising on there is, is interruption advertising. It's disruptive, yeah. right? So uh, Facebook is a social platform. People go on there to interact socially with their friends. They don't go on there to look at business posts. So Facebook limit the number of times a business post is ever seen, even by the page likers, because it's 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 disruptive. It's interrupting. It stops the whole flow of what Facebook is. The point of having targeted paid ads is so that it's not as obtrusive to people who will have an interest in what they're seeing from your business. Organically, your reach is buckus. It, you know, it's, it's dreadful. Okay, so there are two two things that we need to talk about before we go. The first one is boosting uh, mm. posts because if you've got a business page, you're constantly being invited to boost a post. So is it a good idea to boost a post? Okay, boosting used to be complete crap, but it's got a bit better, okay? okay. However, here's the thing. If you compare what you can do with a boost to what you can actually do in Ads Manager, it's really limited. Ads Manager allows you to test multiple audiences, multiple creatives, and the primary thing about Ads Manager is you have different ad objectives and optimizations, which you cannot do with a boost. Now, there's only two ads that you should be, ever be running on Facebook, as far as I'm concerned. One is boring. It's called a traffic ad, where you're trying to get Facebook to get a load of people to read your boring blog that no one cares about but you, okay? <laughs> no one does anything. They'll read your blog, maybe-ish, and then they'll bugger off and they won't do anything with you anyway. Then the other ad you should be running is a conversion ad. And a conversion ad is when you're saying to Facebook, I want you to find people for me who are going to join my list, who are going to buy my product, who are going to do this, that, or the other. It's an ad with an action, okay? You can't yeah. run these ad objectives using Boost. So what's the point? You can't do that. Your, your audience targeting is getting better on Boost, but it's still limited. You have to set a fixed amount of time for the ad to run all for You have to set a fixed budget, and they let you add more budget on afterwards. But it's absolutely dreadful. And then all it does is it splashes your money out as much as it can. There's no conversion optimization. There's no landing page optimization. So all it's doing is it's chucking your money out as quickly as you can. It's like saying, here's the option for beginners. Please give us your money. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. But I hope no one on Facebook's watching this. I'll probably get my ad account shut down. Um, it's like, don't, 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 don't boost. If, if it, Right. I'll tell you what you can use boost for. And again, it's not even the best way to do this now. But if you've got a post that's doing really well organically or reasonably well, probably about as best as you can get organically if it's a business post, then you can boost it to get some more social proof on it and then run it as an ad through Ads Manager. So when you run it, you've got, quite a bit more social proof on it from boosting which does kind of make it worthwhile ish for that but it's still not the best way to do it okay brilliant well thanks no, very I would much. Not. Just essentially don't 
Yeah. So, so one more question before we wrap up, Adam, which is really about accounts getting shut down. So this is something that anybody that I know that runs Facebook ads, it seems to happen to them. Why do Facebook, why does Facebook shut ads down? Okay. So you've got ads being closed down, ads being rejected, and you've got ad accounts being closed down, right? Ad accounts, ad accounts. People so get their ad accounts closed down. It's kind of like a rite of passage for an advertiser on Facebook. You know, hey, you broke your cherry. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. So essentially, you've got six gazillion advertisers on Facebook right now, and you've got four people looking at the ads, right? So the majority of it is being handled by these algorithms, these AIs, the computers, essentially, yeah. who have been programmed to just look for any flags, right? Any flags at all, COVID, disease, this, that, the other, and anything that breaches the Facebook ads policy. By the way, anyone, if you're thinking of advertising on Facebook, type into Google Facebook ad policies and read it first, okay? Vitally important. Anything that breaches the ad policies, you're going to get your ad account shut down. Uh, you're going to get your ad rejected, okay? Now, from what I understand, and this doesn't come from Facebook, this comes from me searching around the internet, so I can't say this is 100% true, but I think it's the best thing that I've found to do with it. And a lot of this comes from a guy called Wilco DeCry, who is pretty much in there with Facebook, and he's a top, top guy when it comes to Facebook ads. But everyone has a score on their ad account, right? And it's a range. And if you're kind of on one end of this scale, you can make a minor infraction and get your ad account shut down. Whereas if you've got a really high score, you could probably get away with a bit more and you'd still be able to run your ad account. Now, no one knows what the score is or how the score is calculated, but there are certain things you can do to make sure that you're ticking yes boxes for Facebook. And a, a couple of them really quickly. Make sure you have two-factor authentication enabled on your Facebook ads account. Make sure you verify your domains on the Facebook ads account. Make sure you've read the ad policies. If you can, go through the Facebook Blueprint workshops online because I think that's monitored as well, but I can't guarantee it. And if Facebook reject one of your ads, don't go back with a rude response saying, no, 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 because really, they don't care about you. Okay, sorry. Guys like us, whoever, we're nothing to Facebook and their revenue stream. They don't care. You're not important. Get it through your head. You might be spending 10 grand a day. You're still not important to them. The company is worth gazillions and they don't care. So, you know, and at that point where someone is engaging with you and they're looking through your ad, because when you click the, sorry, Jane, I'm not going, but when you click that button to review it, it goes to a person. So if you're rooting them, they're likely just to go, see you later. And that's <laughs> Okay. Well, that's uh, that's very good to know. So I, I was just thinking about this issue of the algorithm because something quite funny happened to me the other day because one of my mentees, I was contacting, I was talking to him on LinkedIn and he said something, something like, can you send me your uh, booking link or your calendar link or something like that? And, you know, sometimes they have these kind of pop-up responses so you don't actually have to type something. And they give you like a range of choices like, sure, you know, of course. And for some reason, like these, <laughs> these comments popped up and it was like, sorry, no, no, I can't. <laughs> and, and I'm afraid I can't do that. <laughs> it was like... I know it was like they must have decided that there was, you know, there was something he was asking me something really inappropriate. Yeah, I love that. That's brilliant. I love to see that it's conversation. Not weird. I don't know. It's funny, isn't it? But then you have to remind yourself that that look, 
this is all machine driven, isn't it? You know, the majority so, of it currently is, yes. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so. quick tip, right? When you start advertising on Facebook, you're likely to get an email saying, Hi, I'm Marianne, I'm a Facebook ad expert. Would you like to book a call? Always book the call. Oh, okay. Okay. Because when you do that, you get that Facebook ad expert in your corner for a month and you can email them. You can bounce ideas off them. You can speak to them. You can arrange other meetings with them. So always, always arrange that meeting if you get the invite to do so. Oh, I don't think I did that, but that's really good tip. Uh, honestly, Adam, this has been just such a value-packed um, session. I really, really appreciate you, you know, taking the time to be here with us this evening. So tell me, what what's going on for you that our, our viewers and our listeners can take advantage of? They want to get into your world and learn more about what you do. Yeah, fantastic. So my thing where I help people the most at the moment is my lead gen machine, five-day challenge. I'm going to get you a link so you can give it to people, Jane. And essentially on that challenge, an hour a day for five days, I teach people how to run Facebook ads without having to spend a penny on them, essentially. And I'm going to give you the link, Jane, that you can go and share that with your audience. It's a free challenge. You can learn how to run Facebook ads and how to run them without having to pay for them. Pretty cool. Amazing. Right. Well, thank you very much for that, Adam. And thank you again, so much for having me. Yeah, very much for joining us. And I'll see you soon. Thanks, Jane. All the best. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to rate and review my podcast as it will help me bring the power of connection to the world. I work one-to-one -to, -one to help entrepreneurs ignite the power of authentic connection in their businesses and lives. I also help them accelerate their results through attracting and converting more of their ideal clients. And if this is something you'd like to do too, why not head on over to www.idealclientsuccess.com masterclass and I'll show you how.